Welcome to Oral Fixation, where each episode, me and my best friend Andy take an album formative to the queer experience and discuss why it speaks to members of the LGBTQIA plus community. This episode, we discuss The Best of Both Worlds by Honey Dijon, which was released by Classic Music Company in 2017. All audio clips are used solely for the purposes of review and critique. We hope you enjoy listening. Today is a seminal day because we celebrate 20,000 downloads. It's amazing. Do you mean streams? Or do people download podcasts? Or just... Or is it just listens? Listens. It's listens. Yeah. It's listens. <laughs> now, um, a quarter of those may be for one particularly popular pop starlet. That's But even fine. removing that icon out of the mix, 15,000, I'm happy. That's fine. Who, who, I'm, um, can I guess who the... Yeah, you yeah. can. Go on. Is it Gaga? No. No. Think, Sh- think... Madonna? No. no. Think collaboration with Gaga. Think youth. Beyonce? Nope. Youth. You stand this collaboration. Think millennial. Robin. No. No, but more kind of house. Um, I think that might recent. be. I think you're throwing her off with that one. Okay. Oh, we no, don't no, talk no. about that song. We talk about that artist. An artist did a collaboration with Gaga recently, and it's that artist. Ariana. It's Ariana. Yeah, it's Ariana. Yeah. The stands. Yeah, you did through through me. I, I threw you. You did through. I did. You did I drew. I drew you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I don't stand. You don't stand, but 5,000 people that do, song? at least. Is that the most popular? God. Yeah. It's a quarter of our listens. Yeah, right. Do you yeah. have stats on, like, I what, what kind the of stats? stats? You know, I love, you... Twinks, you know. Uh, oh, not, not, like, I can't profiles. drill down that far. <laughs> <laughs> I do get tops and bottoms, though. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can tell your proclivities yeah. from a sexual point of view, but it doesn't go into twinks, otters, bears, polar bears, silver foxes, gorillas. You don't get that kind of detail. Okay. Heels. You can change Heels. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm feeling comfortable. How's everyone feeling right now? I'm feeling so comfortable. I do think that we need to acknowledge the fact that this is our second night on the trot recording this and our second iconic DJ, Sydney DJ, as a guest. In two nights. In two nights. Correct. Correct. Have you ever actually, have you seen Belle DJ before? I haven't. We've talked about collabing, but we're always a bit... Twatted. Well, yeah, we always is... talk about it. But yeah. look, it, this is proof that conversations when twatted can come to fruition because we've said for so many years, well, so many months, we wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about Honey Dijon. But actually, after a revelation, revelation last night, um, I think Val needs to scoot and we should get Matt back in because Matt's actually DJed with Honey and Dijon. Dijon. Oh, sorry to throw you off your game, but that was a major revelation there. Well, I'm sorry, I can't live up to that, but one day, one day. I'd rather be in the crowd with Honey Dijon. Same. So... Well, same, and, and we have been. We ha- the three of us have we been. Have been. We you have know, been. I was, it was funny because I was going through my Facebook events, I was looking at, like, all of the events that I've been to with Honey Dijon, and I think there's five. Wow. Mm-hmm. And all I, in Sydney or elsewhere? All in Sydney. Yep. But I totally forgot about the one with Eris Drew mm. that you guys mm. and I partied to. That was my birthday, like... What, two years yeah. ago? It was... 2019. It was, I'd, I'd not been here long because I remember coming outside with you to smoke a dart. Yeah. You, well, you smoked a dart and I said, just feel free to blow it into my face because listeners obviously I don't smoke. But that at that point, you said to me, we'd been working together for maybe about three or four months and you were like, I think of you as a friend more than a colleague recently. Right. And it was a kind of a moment that we... We were sober as judges. Yeah, But it was a moment like... for us to connect. Mm. So to give context to our connection with Belle, she Who is... Who is Belle? Who is Belle? Who to is the she? listeners, how do you identify? Are you Belle? Are you Belle surname? Are you Belinda surname? Are you DJ Belle? Well, she's are Binder. You... She's Berlander. She's Berlander. I've got a lot of nicknames. Did I? Yeah. But to this group, tonight? I'm Belle. You're Belle. I mean, I don't know. All my friends, like my... You know, my group of friends outside of work and whatnot, they call me Binder. And Binder. as soon as I think Belle's quite a new, but I've gone through the Bell's phases like throughout my life. Yeah. But when I told them that my work friends call me Belle, they were like, lol, you're not a Belle, you're a Binder. You're a Binder. And your exes say, I'm Binder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than where the nickname came from. 
Okay, well, we'll save that one for the Patreon. Yeah, but it's stuck. It kind of just stuck. And of course, my Instagram is Berlinder. Berlinder. It's impossible to yes. pronounce and spell. But, but it's so nice to have you here because you have been talking about it for a while. It's so nice to have your you. voice on the pod. And you are particularly passionate about this artiste. I am. Um, you directed the, the album that we're, of course, listening to. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of questions for you. I I've know got... you've done your research. Yes. yes. There's rumours that no. Belinda has got a Google Doc on the There's, go. This is the most prepared I've ever seen a guest in my entire life. Belinda has... An open laptop with her Google Doc I of notes. I think that you should be telling our audiences that because I want to appear as this, this knowledge. She true. doesn't give a shit. But She's you so but nonchalant. You, this is all stuff downloaded from your mind just to sort of give well, you yeah, some structure, right? I did a bit of a, just, yeah, I did a bit of a brain fart. Love that. Into a doc, mm. you know. A cerebral queef. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm interested to know straight off the bat, Belle, did... Honey Dijon, because she's been around for a really long time. She I didn't DJ for a while. Yeah. I didn't really know her until really I came to Sydney, and I meant you mentioned to me that this gig was happening, and I said, "Oh, let's go." We said yes on Facebook, and I saw that you were going, and then that kind of opened up the conversation. But I didn't really know about her. But did she in kind of inform your passion to pursue DJing? So no, that <laughs> so funnily enough. I was thinking just the other day when, you know, I was doing all of this sort of prep. Um, I've only really known of her for probably four or five years. Yeah, same. But um, the thing with her is she kind of, yeah, she's been around for years and years and years. I mean, she grew up in Chicago when house music started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, like she started clubbing when she was 12. She never talks about her age. Mm. I don't, I reckon she's like 40. Yeah, probably. I yeah. reckon she's Mid forties, pushing fifty. Looking she incredible. looks fucking great. Looks, she Instagram looks iconic, and one should never ask a woman her age. But I would guess that she's mid to pushing to late. But the age is, is relevant here is because relevant. of when she was clubbing yeah. and when yeah. she was a teenager. So she she started going out clubbing in Chicago at twelve. So um, her parents. She talks about her parents very fondly um, as they these were amazing influence on her, and they had amazing record collections. And she snuck out when she was twelve and got a fake ID. And you know she was talking about how. Um, Catholic school halls were used as these um, dance party sort of um, venues. Mm. And so, you know, obviously as kids we have radio to listen to and then she had these DJ influences. So naturally, I mean, it, it, you can see that in her music. Mm. It's very um, it's it's very varied when you mm. go and see her perform. Mm. So, you know, she's a performer and, mm. like, we can talk about that later, but, like, I love the fact that for her it's all about the music. Um, and she has a very different style. So while she's a house producer, mm. her influences are beyond. And I just think she's, the, for me, she's the most real sort of and most authentic I house, get the exact house, same for you. Yeah. So I digress, but basically, you know, she's been DJing. She, she started as a performer, so she moved... Um, she clubbed in Chicago and whatnot, grew up with like, you know, Frankie Knuckles, who, yes. who, who invented house More in on Chicago. Him to come. Yeah. Um, and then she became best friends with Derek Carter, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is also a prolific um, mm. house queer producer and DJ. And he was kind of her mentor. Well, right? I think they were best friends. Right. Um, and I think they mentored each other a bit. But yeah, he was probably more of a friend than a colleague. Yeah. <laughs> You're ringing but bells then... with me there, Joel. I believe this, I could be wrong, but I believe they moved to New York together. Mm. And from there, she, you know, she wasn't DJing so much as she um, was just around all these really inspiring people and Mm. she was fucking into music. And then she got taken under the wing of the likes of Danny Tanaglia, Mm. who's a huge, who was a huge um, DJ back then, learned everything he knew from. Larry Levan and, mm, you know, mm. went to places um, like The Loft mm. and, you know, Paradise Garage. Paradise Garage, yeah. So she was always in it. She's been doing it for so many years, but um, and a, a lot comes after that and in between that. So she's from New York. She went into New York, grew up there, kind of, and then now she's in Berlin. Berlin. But... Berlinda. Berlinda. <laughs> I stand you in Berlin, by the mm. way. I see you. It's a must. So, there are so many... There are so many things that I respect her for and that I'm like, fuck, she's mad. And, yeah. like, I'd love to live her life. Like, Best of Both Worlds is the name of the album. Mm-hmm. Not getting into it too quickly. But you can see how 
There's so many me- meanings to it. Like, are, yeah, I hadn't so thought of the Chicago, geographical one. New York, Berlin, obviously her trans, you know, identification and all this kind of thing. Anyway, the point I was making is I, I've only known her for five years, but I think her most iconic gig that made her as famous as she is today was the Sugar Mountain set that Erin, our friend, sort of um, produced, who she introduced her um, and everything. Shout out to Erin. Shout, Shout out to Erin Flanagan. Yep. Bad Ezzy. Bad Ezzy. Um, which was a couple of years ago in Melbourne. So it was at Bushdoof in Melbourne. I got confused. Is that is that separate from the Boiler Room Melbourne thing? No, it is the Boiler Room. It is the Boiler Room. Do you remember Room. Troy, my friend? Yes. Who's been turned into a meme who... I wanted to shout out to Troy because he's the number one fan of um, Honey Dijon and, like, he literally wormed his way into becoming her mate and their mates now. He, like, started the Honey fucking Dijon thing. Like, they're so cute. Anyway, so that was the gig that made her who she is, I think. And she always talks about it. She Mm. always talks about that Australian gig and she's like, I don't know what it was. Like, Mm. you know, everyone got laid that night. The the mushrooms were great. Like, something stuck. I don't know what it was. But But it went viral around the world as well. So while it's great that we have that Australian connection, that particular video blew up globally. And there was just something in the energy in that video that you could experience through your laptop from this side of the world. It was fucked. I mean, she did that whole, um, the Martin Luther King, Mm. um, acapella, Mm. uh, if you can call it an acapella. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're very powerful stuff. But mm. yeah, I haven't known her for that long, but she has been the most instrumental in teaching me about the importance of house music, the, yep. the history of house music. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I find myself, she does a lot of talks now. She loves to talk. Mm-hmm. She loves to be the face of... Same. Yeah, <laughs> loves it. And mm. she's so articulate is, the, is more articulate. important. Mm. You know, very softly so spoken, but very, very articulate and good at getting her point across. I think it's just because she she is legit. Like, she's been there. She's, she's, she's done that. And she wants to give a voice to the fact that house music came from black queer people. Mm. And, yeah, you know, like, a, another topic that I wanted to talk about, which I don't want to, like, you guys, I'm going to put it in your court. But the fact that, you know... These days, house music is seen as this white, you know, cis sort of like straight BDM. thing. And it's like, no, you know. And I think because back then, all the sort of the black queers started getting into Rihanna, like in the 90s or the, the 2000s, they were like, okay, we'll get into R&B. And then the, and then the, the white straight people, uh, sorry, the white queers got into pop. And so this house music scene just went completely white and straight. Yeah. Um, and so she made me regain my faith in gays. You know, yeah. <laughs> having a love for obviously dance music and house music. Yeah, and, yeah. But know. the queer experience of of clubbing communally to dance music. And yeah. I feel like it's kind of coming full circle a bit like yeah. For, if we forget about the fact that no one's actually gone clubbing for the past six months. <laughs> She came from that, as you said, that specifically black and Latin queer ballroom house space and has seen it kind of like morph and change into other things. But I think now or in the in the past couple of years, it has kind of branched off again from that white EDM space and is coming back to the to the queer alternative dancing in the margins kind of space that is being now celebrated because it's more mainstream. Yeah, I think as well, Sydney's a really bad example because, um, I mean, you've got... We know we miss out here. Yeah. Part of living in Sydney is you have the benefits of being in Sydney, but we also miss out on things that um, are are thriving in other cities. Definitely. You just accept that. And, you know, you guys obviously have lived that... um, you know, I've only visited um, very, very quickly. I'm but sure you've lived just as much as us. <laughs> but you know, like places like Berlin yep. and New York, yep. like queer people are everywhere and fucking into this kind of music. Yes, um, it's just sort of, I guess, and there are parties like that, and and there are, um, there is a scene, or well, there was six months ago. There will be again. Sydney, um, Sid- Sydney is having incredible scene. times, as Matt would attest to, mm-hmm. and as many people who were clubbing in Sydney in the 90s know, Sydney's had its glory days. And oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be more to come, but now is probably not those times. Yeah, yeah. and I think because I, I mean, I had a great time and I clubbed a lot when I was sort of in my, you know, early 20s to, you know, last, last January, really. Yes. But in your mid-20s. Mid-20s. But I guess I wasn't really <laughs> in the gay scene 
mm-hmm. um, very much. And I only really discovered the gay, the cool gay scene that I wanted to be a part of in the last few years, which Honey Dijon was a big part yep. of me doing that. And I think uh, uh, another part of Honey's, having done a little bit of research around her, another part of her, an informative part of her journey was going to Berlin and being kind of instrumental in that whole Bergheim panorama bar scene. 100%. Which has now become so global and known, but started as something very, very kind of like insular and cool and secret and mm. like VIP. And she was one of the, the kind of, I don't know if she was a resident DJ there, but she really kind of took that space to that level of being... Yeah. I, was, I mean, she was one of many. Yeah. She, she yeah. still is. I don't know if she was yeah. one of the original ones. No. Um, like, you know, your Marcel Detmans and your Ben Clocks and those sort of big techno DJs. But she certainly, um, it's one of her favorite, Panorama Bar is one of her favorite bars. Mm-hmm. And, and has been um, the iconic Panorama Bar that we know for um, a lot longer than this resurgence of 90s house dance that you yes. just talked about. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, had a yeah. really good one, 20 plus years. But... I feel like um, there's a lot more awareness of it now. Yes. Even, yeah. Well, even when I went 10 years ago, it was I was shocked that I got in. Mm. Yeah. It was so not expected that you would get in. Mm. Um, and Me too, because I was in this... I was with a beautiful... My beautiful boyfriend at the time. We were the straightest fucking couple you've ever seen. Mm. I was probably wearing a basic outfit and all these people get turned, getting turned away and we got in and I was like, What? Going on. I have um, a Berlin, uh, a Berghain confession. Um, my um, success rate for entering um, Berghain <laughs> is 20%. Oh, no. I have been to Berghain once and I've attempted five times. That's, wow. I thought it was three. In my early 20s, um, I think four out of the five years of my 20, of my early 20s, I went to Berlin for New Year's Eve and it was just phenomenal and the first few years I would just mince up in like pale blue denim shorts with like a fucking Pocahontas t-shirt I know exactly and be like guys let me in I'm (laughs) I'm gay like let me in I'm gay but I wasn't Burkheim and then a few years later I was like right head to toe Black, black waltzed right in. I was like, I wasn't like, is that People all it change. is? It was yeah. obviously phenomenal, Kinda but piercing. on the fifth attempt, I was like, thank God for that. No. Well, do you know what? God loves a trier. God loves a trier. And do you yeah. know what? Funnily enough, you know, <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, that random little German gay boy, like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you'd given a bit of that, maybe you would have got in. He'll yeah. probably, he'll be, he'll be straight in. That it's, you know, it's it's just the day and like the mood that that guy's in. A hundred percent. Like I don't think there's a form. And people they were fucking Reddit threads. Like mm. I haven't been in them. I promise I didn't mm. look it up. But there you are so many Reddit threads that are mm. like, okay, how do we get in? What's the vibe? What's the formula? Yeah. But it's I don't I don't know if there is one. Nah. And I reckon I reckon if I went back, I wouldn't get it. No, in I again. Get in, get so. Anyway, anyway we've got the memories. Now, Belle, you said something earlier which really resonated with me. You you talked about. Honey's authenticity, which is usually a word that I loathe, but because it summons imagery of like Ed Sheeran in a pub with an acoustic guitar, and I'm like, I coming like, soon. Please don't talk about the direct opposite to Honey Dijon. Coming soon to the but pub. But that word authentic <laughs> is like he's real. Anyway, Honey Dijon speaks to authenticity within um, house music and DJing to me because. Uh, when when I when I went through my spell of DJing in my early twenties, I was really lucky to be mentored by this guy in Manchester. Shout out to Rod from Bollocks, who made it very clear to me and everyone who went to Bollocks that the rules were there were no rules, and if you want to get up in that DJ booth and you can play whatever you want as long as it contributes to a safe, incredible, inclusive, wonderful atmosphere for a queer party, play whatever you want. So the I rules would that. be it would be like girls allowed going into the Prodigy. Going into which is uh, TLC. Talent. That's talent. If you did that, well, <laughs> seriously, I want to fucking check see out it. my mixed cloud. <laughs> no, but um, for whatever reason, I kind of moved on from that chapter of my life. And then when I came back around into going out more again, I, I really struggled. And I will say, in Australia, particularly in Melbourne and still Sydney, I struggled to find that community again. And I've now found it in places like Loose Ends. But it was a lot harder to identify. And what I realised I was looking for was no judgement and no um, 
kind of poncy pretense. Um, pretense on what house music should be or EDM. And I just want people to, if they want to throw in a Destiny's Child song into the mix and it makes everyone feel good, play it. And I found that with Honey Dijon. She, her taste is so eclectic. Mm. And like you said, it spans decades. She will play stuff from the 70s up to right now. And without sounding wanky, it is about like the vibe. And oh, well, that's... If you look at the audience that was at that gig that we went to, they were like fucking weird, queer, like genderfuck drag queens. There was us. There was like hetty blokes. <laughs> yeah. Like there was just, there was a huge range of different people there for better or worse um but it i think it's um it speaks to as you were saying like i was listening to a podcast with her today and um the interview asked her about her influences and she was like well there are a lot of obvious influences that i could list out but i also love fleetwood mac and kate bush and like all these like random kind of like things that you wouldn't expect her to to list and i think that as when i was listening to this album that was speaking about best of both worlds for the first time it's like it, it. It's very much a sort of mood that I was on board with throughout on this journey. It's kind of like to me, it speaks of like the journey of a night out. And then you get this cover of Carly Simon's "Why." Oh, more on that. Which was it? It <laughs> fit. Was, which was written by Chic. <laughs> First guess, yeah. But it just fit so well but it was so I was like oh that's so funny that this is in here but it made sense it made in, complete sense yeah it makes sense yeah well I mean the interesting thing I love how Honey speaks as well because she's so she's so sexual and she's just so she's so queer and gay um, but you know she said that she, I think the thing for her is she goes I'm not masturbating behind the fucking decks like me going out to DJ is not about getting myself off it's mm. about performing it's about the vibe it's about the crowd like you know me to me a good gig is not if i've played you know the most fucking rare song on the catalog or the most rare record i can get it's if everybody's dancing if people are like you know if people are fucking on the dance floor if people are hooking up you know the drugs are good like great that's when i'm happy and like i think you and i can probably attest to the fact that you know i sometimes in a crowd would love to play some certain tunes that I get off on, but as soon as you put it on and it falls flat, you're devastated. You're like, wow. that was a shit gig, or that was like, and then you put yeah. on a you put on a banger that it's like, okay, maybe I didn't want to play this, but then as soon as the crowd goes wild, it's like, yeah. okay, that feeling, mm. that elation yeah. is second to none. So, and that sacred Venn diagram is um, playing something that you really want to because of the vibe, and then it does go off. And, yeah. and, and like yes. surprise, like I mean, I've I've never DJed, but. I've put songs on at parties, which is the same <laughs> you thing. You had the aux cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. God help the mister that comes between me and my aux cable. But when you put on a song that surprises people, and, yeah. and fine, let's rewind it. I've been in that position where I have been surprised and delighted by a song that I forgot I knew existed or that has been mixed with another song that just works so perfectly. Mm. And everyone just collectively goes off. And it must be such a special experience to be the person looking down on that and being like, I just created that chemical reaction in everyone. It totally is. I actually watched a video with her where the interview was talking to her about her health and wellness routine. Because oh he was like, God. "If you tour around the world constantly, right? And um, you've got to have the energy to be able to put on these incredible gigs for people and give that show. But when it's your full-time job, it must be exhausting. And she was like, yeah, look, I have to have a routine. I don't do anything uh, extracurricular. If I do, it's very rare. I'm Whenever I'm in a new city, I'm at the gym. I've got my green smoothies. I make sure I have to sleep correctly. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, She's Sorry vegan. to put myself in your shoes, but if I was you DJing around the world, I'd be like... I'd have to be so healthy because I just can't. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always go on bell. I was going to say, you know, as we've said, she's fucking been there for, mm. for, for years. So she's yeah. been through all that. And, you know, I mean, she always said that she doesn't, she, she's energetic as it is. She doesn't yeah. need like yeah. uppers or whatever, but she loves like hallucinogenics or whatever. But of course you're going to need fucking wellness. Like, you know, it's a lonely lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, she of, often talks about how I just want to, I'm just a normal person when I'm not working, which is what this is for me. I want to be hanging out with my loved ones or yeah. you know going to the gym or have you watched her instagram tv um cooking series yes yes oh yes God. yeah what's it's like mama's cooking or something oh, it's, it's like so good it's yeah. like 
put some motherfucking tomato paste in the yeah. motherfucking pan and <laughs> let that sizzle, bitch. Yeah. And it's like, you are an icon. And it's all vegan, isn't it? It's very Berlin in that aspect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's very um, I wonder if she's listening right now. She could be. Well, we, we can... actually, do you know what? When she came to Sydney, we messaged, we messaged her. her. She still, she didn't see it. So she didn't, she didn't leave us on red. She just didn't read the we message. We were very excited. But we were also very green. We very literally, green. we would have met her and been like, how are you? So what's the latest track about? But um, <laughs> Talk. But um, maybe but. now with a few more episodes under our belt, she'll, um, she'll listen up. Yeah. We'll but the one it. thing I was going to say about um, the, the kind of relationship that you guys are talking about when it comes to like the DJ and their audience, she said something so lovely and earnest in this interview I was listening to um, earlier. Where she said that the best compliment that she'd ever received was after a gig in like Brazil. This girl came up to her, like obviously um, twatted. She'd had a couple of fizzy drinks and a couple of sweets, let's just say that. And she held her and she said, from the way you played, it just seems like you have so much love to give. And mm. like, obviously, the girl that said it was probably a bit cooked, but- She had a lot of love to give. But she, she had loads, <laughs> but- Honey was saying yeah. that that really resonated with her because she was like, that person felt this exchange of energy that yeah. I am trying to give when I when I do my job. And it's so nice to kind of, even in the most simplistic way, yeah. that person was processing the messages that I was kind of sending to their brain. Um, it, it just kind of really resonated with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So... <laughs> We, and I hope that we have that exchange again soon. Any day now, any day now. We so. are, so if you, we're about a third into this episode, and if you haven't already clocked, um, Honey Dijon is the first DJ that we've explicitly covered on Oral Fixation. Um, while her career is prolific as a DJ, we're obviously discussing an album which she has produced as a music producer. She doesn't sing, does she? But she has lots of guest vocalists. She does. Um, I wonder how much she contributes to like songwriting or whether she leads that to the vocalist. Totally. Or... I was thinking that myself because there's not a lot of sort of there's not a lot of stuff online because obviously she's, you know, quite a niche artist. But she the fact that she sort of um in every song that she has that she has featured someone, I feel that she acknowledges him. So, mm. you know, people like Tim Kay, who is a, a prolific sort of LA producer, um, she always will note that on the songs and also like... I wonder how that works, just to, to park you on um, working with another producer. I mean, it could... I, I don't know. I don't even know if this is interesting to anyone else, but two producers on a track, I just... I am always interested in to what extent did they collaborate? Yeah. Does she do something and hand it over or... Yeah. So I, I, I agree. I actually was... Today, I think I was walking to work thinking the same thing because I don't know how it works, but I guess she has always remixed, like for many, many years she's done remixes. And of course, if you're a DJ and you are Honey Dijon Remix, you're assuming that nobody else is involved apart from obviously the the song. Um, So I... I believe that she would have produced um, a bulk, the bulk amount of her tracks. Um, and as well, I guess, the the better part of the album is about sex and love mm. and being on the dance floor. Mm. And she would have... She's definitely a creative director. Mm. I mean, I think the way that she talks about herself is she is a creative and that's a, a, something that I also love what I love about her as well because, you know, she's very into fashion. Um, What's the name of her fashion line? It's... Well, she's, it's Honey Fucking Dijon. Right. Um, Shout out to Troy. Shout out to Troy, which she's clubbed with um, Comme de Garçons. Yep. But she has for many years um, sort of done the runway show um, sets. Yes. Oh um, my gosh, they're so good to listen to. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. And I think she kind of fell into that sort of fashion crowd quite early on in New York. So, you know, she's always stylish. She, you know, we share some of the, our favourite artists like Keith Haring mm. um, and Jean-Michel Basquiat. Mm. Um, Name some more of Madonna's best friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, to me, the re- like one of the many reasons I resonate is because she's lived through that fucking yes. era that I would love to re- yes. come back to. You know, mm. like fucking Studio 54 mm. and Warhol and like Herring and all that kind of thing. I'm just like, I want to be you when that heyday was going on. I think part of her mission statement, correct me if I'm wrong, honey, is bringing (laughs) that kind of... We're always wary of looking back at the past through rose-tinted glasses, but there's enough 
um, evidence out there from people who are still alive to suggest that that period of time in New York was special for a reason. And I think part of Honey's mission is just trying what she can to bring some of that magic to the dance floor in 2020. Up till 2019. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be like that, is it? Like We can make our own new epoch. Well, I was just... Epoch? Epoch. You learnt that from the farm. <laughs> um, I was thinking... <laughs> so when we went to this this Honey Dijon gig, what was the name of the club? Was it Home? Oh, oh it was... It was this weird... It was this weird... Shout out to not that club. West... Darling Harbour. It's horrific, but unfortunately it's got a great sound system mm. and it's a huge venue. And do you remember like when we got in there, there were, like people stuck, got stuck through the stairwell? Well, so this is the thing. There, was, there were too many people there. Horrific. And to the point where like people were literally like the, the walls in this place were kind of like, the, the, there's a window that curves out onto the harbour. Yes. And people were like, Sitting, I was standing up there. Well, I remember at one point I was like, Where's Belle? and you were basically fucking next to Honey, yeah, just like it was my birthday, bitch. I was absolutely I was up there and I was having the best time. Um, but that is just that shit is just not gonna fly anymore. No, we are not gonna be able to be too many people in a club, no. rubbing up against yeah. each other, sweat that's the sad thing. on the window. That's a good thing. And I also didn't no, particularly bad. love it. Like, I, I'm really happy that I've seen Honey in person, but that gig that isn't one much. of my favourite gigs. It was too much. It was too much. It was I don't think, I mean, from memory, the little that I have of it, um, <laughs> for no reason other than it was amazing. Yes. Um, I remember loving Eris Drew that night. Yeah, yes. Um, because I think that a lot of the crowd had filtered filtered out but it was very stressful it was extremely stressful one of my best mates uh couldn't get in at mm. all so i had to go home and so i had this sort of like such a damper on guilt. these evenings that you look forward for it so is. long to yeah. but i will say that um every other gig has been a little bit better i'm sorry yeah. to say but no, yeah. the first gig that i saw of her as actually uh her album launch for this mm. album mm. in okay. sydney fucking mm. tower oh she's got a thing with Oz. I remember she that loves. gig happening. I remember yeah. that gig happening. Which yeah. we like Sydney Tower. So we all know Sydney Tower. Was it a heaps gay As, thing? No, it no. was it was House it was of Mints. House, House of, of Mints. Mints. Yes. Heaps gay could never. Shots fired. No, don't. These opinions are not endorsed by all <laughs> all fixation. She's Yeah, and I'd have her on as a future guest anyway. No, well, I mean maybe we'll edit that, maybe we'll edit, but we love Kat. She's no, an iconic part of the Sydney music I scene. I going to cover a little bit, a bit of a shade, to, not directly to Kat, but just to like the heaps gay parties and girl thing parties, which I'm still loved, loved them. But how the fact that, you know, that really kind of turned me off the queer scene in a way because of that sort of pressure. You know, Andy, you were talking about these amazing clubs where you just being able to play whatever you want as long as it gave people joy and love and, you know, added something to the night. There is pressure at those nights. Whereas, and it's not just queer nights no. at all. No, of course not. But, I mean, I guess it was my first foray into gay nights because, mm. you know, we're talking about, I'm sure um, your guest last night um, spoke a lot about the heyday of Sydney. You know, mm. you had um, Club 77, which mm. is was still mm. a mainstay until sort of, I think, last year or the year before. Mm. Like you had bandits and starfuckers and um, Good God Small Club and all of these places which... And actually, shout out to House of Mints for keeping that flame 100%. burning. 100%. And, yeah. I just wish it wasn't on a Sunday. So oh, Pavlova Bar. Yeah. Like, still to this day, the the best club that mm. I've... In Sydney, that I reckon. And one of the best desserts. Yes. Mm. I fucking love Pavlova. Yeah. Australian represent... Um, but where was I? I, <laughs> I, I guess the launch party. For the launch the party. Sydney Tower. Album. Sydney Tower. That was the first gig I think that I went to, and um, oh, it was just amazing. The view, because mm. we were all a little bit like, why is it Sydney Tower? It's a bit tacky, but it was fucking epic. Yeah, but um, first House of Mince party. It was a Sunday. I was with um, my very very young um, ex girlfriend, so that she didn't have work on on Monday, but we all went to Pavlova Bar after. It was just an iconic evening, yeah. something that I didn't expect. And then I was a, com- a convert and I saw her every time, every gig that she played thereafter in Sydney. Yeah. So... One of my yeah. dream gigs would actually be to see her, because I know they do it a lot, her um, kind of double bill with 
now named the Blessed Madonna. Oh, yes. Yes. Because yes. both Chicago Black DJs, Madonna. very, very good friends. They play all the time together in Berlin. I'm like, every time I see them headlining some night in the US or even the UK, they play. Um, shout out to anyone who's listening who knows the iconic long-standing club night in Manchester, Homo Electric, who always buck honey. They always buck um, the Blessed Madonna. They have incredible DJs all the time. Um, and I would love to see the two of them do a yeah. double bill. So they, for a while, I think I missed them when I was in New York by about two days, which was mm. devastating. I've forgotten what their night was called, but they had a tour that they did together. Um, but for me, the gig that I would love to go to of Honey's is every every Pride in New York, which is June, I believe, she plays a 12-hour set. So Because for her, you know, she talks about, you know, a two-hour set is like wanking for me because back in the day in the club like you would have a residency and that meant that you played you came for you know at, at when did they start maybe midnight or you you, you started at 10 and you finished at 6 a.m or 8 a.m so you lower back it's Oof. you know it's a journey and like she talks about how like her experience as a dj and like getting into djing is about that and mm. so like playing for two hours is fucking mm. like nothing and so for her like that is her ideal thing but I'm the same. I'm like, I'd need ibuprofen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a few other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Lucas eight. A Lucas eight. Should we talk about the music? Let's talk, let's oh, get down yes. to the music. Yes. I was going to ask Answer. Belle if you knew just because you've got the Google Doc in front of you. Don't she, mention she's... that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, but you you are you've got your process. Yeah, it's part process. of your process. To be honest, I've I've copied and pasted all of the lyrics just so I can. <gasps> I do. love that. That's iconic. You'll be on again. This isn't your last time. Um, listeners, I love that. I'm sure as soon as Belle started talking, you were you were thinking to yourself, what is her sign? She's a double Scorpio year of the snake, okay? Yes. So this bitch, Kane, didn't come to play. So if you're picking up on a connection between <laughs> Belle and I, it's that. <laughs> and if you're feeling like Maybe Drew's in a bit of a pit of scorpions and stuff. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Anyway, I was going to ask, she's obviously known so much for her remixes. That's kind of her tea. What, this, this album came out in 2017. Yeah. What was the kind of alchemy behind it? What, why now? Why this sperm? <laughs> why did she choose to do... <laughs> why did she choose to make an album? I mean, you might not know the answer, but... Well, do you know the answer? So, is your question why 2017? No, sorry, it's why after being such a prolific DJ that would remix other people's music, what- Why make her own music? Yeah, what, oh. what flipped the switch to, want to make her want to make her own music? I don't know that answer, but I think for many DJs, it is a natural progression. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know, as I said, she has been DJing for, oh, sorry, She's been remixing for many, many years. So, I mean, I don't know, like for me as a half DJ, I mean, I'm not a serious DJ by any means, but like only recently have I thought, fuck, I'd like to like make some music. I'd love to know. Because I think it's quite a different frame of mind. Mm. Like, um, you know, play, like performing as a DJ doesn't necessarily equate to, I need to make my own tracks. No. So potentially, um, you know, uh, maybe she was culminating all these years, this years of experience and it, you know, it felt right, right moment, right time. Um, potentially she had all the right collaborators in her head, she was mulling on it. I mean, she's, you know that she's releasing another album this yeah. year. So, oh, I didn't know that. And it's called... Go on. Black Girl Magic. Mm. Iconic. Which is an iconic name. Featuring but Vixen. It's, but it's also an iconic, I don't know if you know this, but it's an iconic drag night in Chicago put on by a drag queen called the Vixen. No, I didn't. Yeah, and that's... they just showcase black drag queens. Yeah. Well, that's where it's obviously come from. Yeah. And that is something I didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. I, my, my theory with this album is, I don't know if other of you two got the same sense that um, it's very much, to me, the journey of a club set. In yeah. that, that's oh, not well, I... the most Einstein thing to come up with, but it, there, there's the, the kind of edging at the start, there's the full kind of frothing in the middle mm -hmm. and then Sorry. we joked about that? it earlier but the car the cover the floor of fillers. Carly yeah. Simon's um why is the most beautiful soothing kind of for want of a better phrase come down yes and that it has to be a cycle it's a journey 100 yeah. percent. I mean it's interesting that you both thought that because until you said it I didn't actually think of it in that way but you're completely right I mean obviously she's been 
she's been extremely um, cautious, not cautious, but like aware about all of these different sort of genres within the genre, subgenres that she is sort of treading on. And um, I just, I love how many layers it's got. But I, yeah, 100% the way that it's set out, you know, the first track is very sort of dreamy and, you know, it's synthy and sexy and it's kind of, it's like about waking up, you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get your hardcore bangers and then, like, your sort of hip-hop banger, even hectic, and then you've got your, like, down, like, techno beats and then disco, of course, you know. But that, that is completely right. And the fact is, every time I listen to this album, it's one of those growers album, albums for me. Yeah, it's it grew like, 100%. I, I, and for me, they're the, the best albums. Like, I reckon I had the biggest expectations for it when I first sort of... Because when it came out... Listened to it. In terms of your timeline, you'd known about her for a year or two... Yeah, not very ...when long. it came out. Yeah. So were you kind of, like, anticipating it with breath that was baited. Yeah, well, I think that it was one of those moments where I just sort of went balls to the wall with, like, being obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I had a huge expectation for it. But it wasn't until probably last year, um, I remember the, the moment, but um, that I really sort of went, fuck, this is great. Because um, I've always just really respected her more as a performer and, and uh, her DJ and her, her craft, which, you know, any mix that she releases I listen to and she's incredibly influential on my style when I do DJ. Um, and so I've always thought of her more in that way. But, yeah, mm -hmm. this album just continues to sort of grow on me. Well, Drew kind of gave me a disclaimer beforehand um, that I've actually given him for other things in that um, this album isn't so much about standalone bangers and it's more of like the mood and the vibe, which is right up my street. But I don't know if I completely agree with that on listening now because there's some really amazing standout tracks. Well, that's okay. That's interesting that you say that because I, we, Belle and I were texting a, a, a few days ago and you said that like, it's kind of it, 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 it is it's a mood it's a vibe it's a feels and it is that all the way through it's all of the above but mm. as I'm listening to it more and more and more I'm like oh no actually like this whole thing is kind of like it's not even a, it's not a love letter it's, it's like a, a historic I feel like I'm listening to a history channel episode of dance music 100%. and it's all kind of, it, it, it brings in like all these kind of different um, Does. elements and so There's it's some deep tea references as well there are deep dance I mean and I, look I'm not in terms of the like the three of us talking I am not the the DJ kind of I I don't have the same knowledge as you guys do in terms of being able to pick up on certain like things that techniques mm. that she might be doing but over time I think I sent that text to you maybe like mm. a few days ago but after listening to it more and more I'm like this is just so layered mm. in ways that I definitely didn't comprehend at the beginning. The first the first thought I had when I first started listening to it was, fuck, I just wish I could be in a club and be counted. Mm, mm, mm. And it, it felt, yeah. it did feel very kind of just like one note, not, not, not one note, but one level to me. But then listen, listening to it more and more and more, it, everything kind of, each song expanded into something much more, much greater than I appreciated it for in first listening to it. Oh, hundred percent. It's funny because not literally, admittedly, not until this week had I looked at the lyrics mm. because I think for, I mean, obviously, you, you know, there's some standout lyrics that you listen to when, whilst you're listening, but I didn't realize just how deep the lyrics are. And now that made, that blew my mind actually, like how, in, how intensely deep they are. Um, but yeah, like every fucking time I listen to it. Oh, <laughs> Did you text her and ask her to bring that to you? Yeah. Belle That's just got a beer okay. delivered to the recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy brings. Oh, no, we're good, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, Jimmy brung the dip to dunk it. That's and iconic. This beer is, uh, Drew, just for future reference. Yeah, okay. You know, mm. this is the cold, crisp beer that I need. Okay. Okay? okay. okay. All right. Noted. I'll send your rider earlier this next time, Dolly. Guys, just conscious of time, we are <laughs> coming to the final stretch in terms of timings, and there's so many songs that I want to talk okay, about. Let's go for it. Right, well, Burn go. is. If Burn's, there was, Burn's, Burn's number one with a bullet. For if me. there was a lead single, it's got to be Burn. Burn. What I really loved was the singer that she got on for that. Um, 
um, straight off the bat sounds like a black woman to me. It's actually a white man <laughs> who um, has a background in like... Australian. Is he really? Sam Sparrow? No. No, 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 no. no Sam no, Sparrow no. is... Um, yes, no, no, not Sam on Sparrow's look ahead. Jason Walker. Jason, yeah. yeah, Mr. Jason oh, Walker. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Tim K produced Sam Sparrow. Sam Sparrow's on another track. And you heard me say black woman and you were like Sam Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I, yeah. No. Um, so, and his background is actually in... You just, by the way, Belle, it's totally normal, but you just got andied. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Well, Don't worry about it. Last night I got andied by I yourself. I said a Prince album wrong. Oh, I got Andy. It's fine. That's fine. Like we all get Andy sometimes. Andy'd. Yeah, um, it's just wanking. Let me just talk about this guy, please. <laughs> he has oh. a religious background, and he yeah. yes. actually probably not unlike Sam Sparrow. He came up in um, churches with his family, singing in, in choirs, um, which really puts those pieces together. But that got me then thinking about the historical connection between. Um, those of us who flock to the dance floor to look for these communal experiences and actually how closely that is related to the experiences that, not myself, but some people talk about having received from a church environment totally. when everyone is singing and it's the shared experience. Yeah. And I was like, of course you've got someone singing on your track who has a religious background. It's well, so I funny, when I looked him up, because I did, because I'd never heard of him, it came up Christian singer and I was like, oh. This must be a different guy. But now that I like look into the lyrics, step into the light, embrace the way it feels inside. It's a fucking yeah. Christian song. Yeah. And I know that she she must have grown up Christian because she talks about going to these Catholic halls, which were her school, her yeah. Catholic school halls. Go. So that is so fucking interesting. And it is an iconic song. It, it, it reminds, it's very early house. It's very mm. sort of jazz influence, sort of Frankie Knuckles here, sort of. Mm. And, and that's very gospel. It's kind mm. it's of gospel. Like, it, it, it's it gospel. Is, it yes. is. It's downbeat, it's raw. It's not that oh. banging house that, you know, we always associate nowadays house music with. But like, you've heard Frankie Knuckles. Like, it, it's just got this different feel. I mean, you know, he. You know so many Frankie Knuckles songs if you heard them. Yes. Um, they're playing. Maybe you can. They're playing the back now. Right now. Can you? But, yeah. But oh. hey, um, digga, 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 you know how yeah. we discovered <laughs> Beverly Glenn Copeland from the Red Bull Music Academy podcast series? Yes. Um, Frankie Knuckles is sadly no longer with us, uh, but before he passed onto a higher plane of existence, he recorded mm. this 90 minute interview with Red Bull Music Academy. And again, like Beverly Glenn Copeland, I strongly recommend you put that on, break it up into chunks because it is 90 minutes. Um, but he talks about his entire life coming up, much like you said Honey did, as like a teenager in Chicago and meeting like Larry LeVan and just kind of making house music yeah. and how it descended from disco, but also so many gospel influences. And it's 100. just, go learn the, his the history, it's there. So it, if we're talking specific tracks, Belle, do you have any standouts? What are your favorites? I do. So I think like 808 State of Mind, so that's something for me that it, when I talk about growing on me, like the, the more that I think about it as well. And to be honest, like reading, you know, reviews and stuff, it's like, it's this like Balearic Ibiza mm. classic. Mm. So it was inspired we by... We love that. By... We know. It was inspired by Pacific State. Yes. 808 State. Pacific 707 by 808 State. Yes, there you go. Yes. Um, so this Balearic by track. Babylon. Huh. Yeah. But you know, yeah. but then it talks about, you know, bounce for me, give it to me, give it yeah. to me, bounce for me, which reminds me of Walk For Me by Robbie Tronco. Walk For Me, Walk Extremely For Me. Extremely ballroom yes. fucking yes. banger that I always play in my sets. It is a banging track. And so she, it was just like, oh my God, you're blowing my mind. Yeah. Like the fact that she's putting all this together, bit of Chicago house in there as well, yeah. combining all of this to make this very fucking unique track. And I think, that in hindsight is what makes this a grower is because you're listening to so many unique sounds mm. that are inadvertently mixtures of all these things but you've never heard that combination before mm. and so you kind of have to sort of like compartmentalize and go okay there's that bit there's that bit and go oh my god this is a masterpiece because it works mm. but a lot of the tracks no one's done that combination before. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that song for, for me uh, was the biggest love letter to house music mm. that you touched on in that mm. because of the tributes in the name and the samples and the mood and um, and the vibe. Drew and, and I have talked before about how it's this really weird experience of 
um, just being a bit too young to have experienced the Ibiza heyday. Yes. But knowing uh. that music so well from when we were teenagers um, and just knowing that vibe. And that's why, like, the specifically balearic strand of, like, house music will always just kind of, like, send shivers down. It does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. There's something about it. And the thing that's... Well, look, we're all of a similar age. Some of us are slightly older than others. But not me. I hope you know. <laughs> Actually, Andy, I think you're younger than me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest and then Belle, you're kind of in between us. But <laughs> we were just ever so slightly too young to experience that. Mm. Like yeah. to the point where we I would I was sitting in my room listening to the, <laughs> these songs. Meanwhile, in Ibiza, there were people dancing to them, and I, I didn't put the two That's together. That's interesting because yeah, I know that like a lot of the big Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza thing was like Manchester. People from Manchester, Manchester yeah, going yeah, yeah. to fucking... Yes, that's exactly... It was the Hacienda, it was, yeah. like, all that stuff. But, but it was, like, just, for me, even, just a skosh. Five years... If I was five years older, I probably would have just caught the tail end of it. Oh. Yeah, right. And that is, like... Yeah. A bit gutting. And now what we've got is a Cafe Dalmar Spotify playlist. Oh, God, and if we we're lucky. we won't talk about how, you know, I missed out on my trip this year to oh, be in a big no, 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 Let's not, let's not. Hopefully next year, next year. Um, can I give a shout out to Personal Slave? Yes. Because that to me is, it's kind of comes, to, it's maybe like track four or five. I can't remember off the top of my head. Five. But if it's, um, if, if we're talking about that journey of, of a night, that's like, um, how do I put this in a way that, look, I can't. Your boyfriend's it listening. Is, it is the, let's get fucked in a I'm munted. I'm munted. I am at my peak now, and I am just like, it's a bit, and it's like, it, I'm so munted so that I've it's. So I've been told. So I've been told. It's the side room of Oxford Art Factory. It's, but, it, but it's like. It's a dark room of books. And, it, and, but it, and it's like, things are getting a bit dark. Yeah. There's like someone dressed there's someone in like full green body paint oh, and not yeah. much else, just kind of making weird shapes with their hand. And it's like the- What's that shape? And it's like, what it, what is going on? And I, I, I love this, but I'm scared. But it's also- But I also love it. It's, it's also a very BDSM, which Honey talks openly about being into. Yes. You know, so. Anyway. And but interestingly, it is about like, can I be a personal slave? You know, I'm willing to submit. But there are some lyrics, if we're speaking about lyrics, some of the lyrics are very kind of like, but don't go too far and please actually kind of like, Yeah, I'm sensitive. Like, yeah, can you yeah. treat me okay? <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, that was kind of, yeah, they were the main points for me. I, I, I really, really enjoyed listening to the whole album as a piece and it's probably the one where, yes, there were standout tracks, but I'd go back to it and listen to it start to finish many totally. times in the future, yeah, for and sure. I think I'd like to make the point, well, first of all, Belle, I'd like to thank you for, for joining us and, and speaking about Honey. Because, it, again, it, it's a really, really amazing example of us, well, certainly me, Andy, you knew a lot about her before, but being gifted an artist that I didn't know much about, and I imagine maybe some, some of our more regular listeners don't know much about, and kind of um, educating us as to this very important... Like, I, I would go so far as to say that there is no other person of trans experience that's a DJ at her level. Like, I, I think that she has been such a trailblazer in that respect. And yeah, I think you, you got people like Eris, um, Eris Drew and Okta Okta, yeah. iconic trans couple, who are starting to follow in footsteps. Mm-hmm. But you're so right, you know, like, she's got all of these... Um, she's in all of these buckets. And the, the thing that I love about her is that she is so fucking confident and she fucking owns it and she's so empowered and she takes it on as a responsibility to educate people oh, about yes, this. Yes, yes. And, 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 you know, the thing is, like, there's a lot of DJs that I love and admire and, you know, for, for many reasons, technique, or they just look hot behind the decks, or, you know, I won't mention me. any of them. But <laughs> for me, she is, she's an artist, she's obviously very talented, and she uses her influence for good. And, yeah, and, like, teaches people like us who unfortunately just have, haven't had that experience or, you know, isn't knowledgeable and she fucking teaches us. Absolutely. And, you know, she's all, all got a soapbox. Kn- in her set, she stands up on a fucking soapbox and she talks and she is so charismatic and she just, like, so lightens the room up. Yeah. And, yeah. She, um, all you need to do to be willfully schooled by Honey Dijon is just follow her on Instagram because from her Instagram alone, I've learned about... 
iconic black trans DJs who sadly never reached the dizzying heights of Honey Dijon, but were so formative to these time periods that we're talking about. So while we all know and love Honey Dijon, we all know that um, it, it takes more than one woman to create a movement. And there are so many people who we'll never hear about, but um, were so formative to teaching her. And she lifts these people up and gives them platforms, even if they're actually no longer with us. Um, she'll always give these shout outs and photos from like, even when she was there, like 70s, 80s, 90s photos that she's taken herself of these incredible colleagues who she worked with and danced for. And, and I just feel like I've learned so much more about like the New York dance scene of the 90s and Berlin now just from literally following her on Instagram so that's the easiest thing you can do 100% and she's also just extremely funny mm. like when you get her on a good day she's just hilarious and she loves to smoke weed and talk shit and like you know watch those Instagram TV videos of her cooking up a storm mm. and talking dirty to her food because mm. that will make anyone smile on a, on a rainy day it leaves rent free in your brain mm. yeah <laughs> absolutely just before we wrap up do you have any more like notes that you you just want to definitely hit bell look i think i could talk forever about this and it's so funny because andy andrew i was listening to your robin podcast today (laughs) and what fucking made me laugh was um the fact that you were talking about robin and your original the 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 fact that you tried to do it first but it was just too much for you because you had all this shit in your head and you were like we, possi- we can't possibly do this. And it was turned into this absolute nightmare. Do you know how I feel? You know how I feel, don't you? Yes. Yeah. But I was like, that kind of set me like, okay, I need to just relax because yeah. I've been really excited to do this. And I thank you guys because it's actually, as much as, you know, a lot of this knowledge I already had and it's a lot about my experience, but it just set me down this, you know, 55th rabbit hole of Honey Dijon and everything that I learn I'm just like oh my god this makes me so happy so yeah obviously I could speak forever but we're not going to and you're going to have me on again we We will have you on again knowing that Honey to you is like you know what Robin was to me in that I have so much to say (laughs) but no one's going to listen to an 8 hour podcast and you don't need to Um, you've done a phenomenal job you have done such a phenomenal job I appreciate that I can't wait to not listen to my own voice (laughs) (laughs) Drew can you just like repeat everything I said I'll give you the best bits yeah I'll give you I'll give you the top shout outs but as one final exercise are there any because she's such a prolific remix artist obviously we were speaking about this specific album but um just the last year alone she's been very prolific in her remixing of pop girls well yes. i have to i have to mention i have to mention the coming together of our of our two worlds me yes. and bell the free free woman remix free woman. and then our two worlds with um i don't search i find which is, an iconic. Which is actually Madge's own iconic tribute to 90s dance. It's like the most vogue kind of just to find my love track mm-hmm. on yeah. Madame X. And she had, on the Madame X tour, she had Honey Dijon, I think either open her Chicago show, yes. but she had her in a prayer circle. So Madonna had yeah. Honey Dijon in her prayer circle and that was just incredible. But also a third iconic remix in the last year is from Jessie Ware's newest disco inspired album yes. um, called What's Your Pleasure? And Honey remixed an amazing song called Ooh La La. So there's three amazing Honey remixes oh, for you to go listen to. That's, that that's Bell and Peter's world combining because he, he loves Jessie Ware. That's gorgy. Yeah. So let's hope that one day Honey Dijon remixes some John Mayer. Uh, coming soon. Yeah, coming yeah, soon. Yeah. Um, um, should we wrap up? Yeah, that was okay. really fun. Thank you so much again, Belle. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to follow us, you can on Instagram. We're at Royal Fixation Podcast. Same with Twitter, same with Facebook, if you're still on either of those platforms. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you'd like to email us, you can. Questions, um, coming of spirit, ceremony, um, announcements, anything. Um, we're at oralfixationpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow... Belle, do you mind? I mean, you already gave your Instagram. Go but. for it. If you can if you can spell it, <laughs> you're worth it. We won't spell it, but it's Berlinder. Um, so if you can find her, then 10 points to you. It'll be in the episode description. Yeah, definitely follow Honey, Honey Dijon. Definitely follow me. I'm with all due respect. Yeah, you say this every episode. Don't be desperate. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though? <laughs> Having another Scorpio here is big Scorpio energy. I'll just leave that where it is. No, you haven't said me yet. Well, you can say yourself. Well, I'm fucking at Andrew. Who do you think you are? No, sorry. Oh, go on then. No, go on, because I'm editing this one. At 
Andrew, do you think you are? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you for that. I'm ready for a burger. Yeah, let's go for a burger. Oh, well, and let's, let's just... Yeah, and do you know what I'm? You know I'm going to have as a side or as a as a relish on loaded potato skins. Dijon honey, darling. <gasps> honey Dijon is objectively an amazing flavor. It's an amazing fla- yeah. flavor, and it's a ama- it's a it's an iconic fashion moment. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Chatty, chatty, chatty. Bye. Bye.